Welcome to LilyPod Episode 4, Cultivating Love for Thy God. Welcome to LilyPod with Jeff and Kathy Teichert. We are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and certified life coaches. Together we founded Love in Later Years, known as Lily. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and remarried couples. We also welcome anyone who enjoys personal development and enriching relationships. In our second episode, we talked about the energy of love and how our greatest commandments are to love God, ourselves, and our neighbors. In our third episode, we discussed relationship priorities based on those commandments and our own personal views. As a mid-single, I would ask men I dated all the time what their relationship priorities were, and I found that many had different priorities than me. When Jeff and I were dating each other, that part was easy for us. We found that our priorities were the same from the beginning. For episodes four, five, and six, we will take each relationship, God, self, and others, and discuss practical ways to cultivate love in each area. For this episode, we are exploring ways to cultivate love for God. Earnest engagement with God through prayer, scripture reading, and other spiritual endeavors can build faith in him, particularly the faith that he gave his only begotten son through love. Uh, That would be the Sunday school answer. Indeed. Joseph Smith, the prophet, in his final speech in this mortal life, uh, which was called the King Follett Discourse, said, There are but a very few beings in the world who understand rightly the character of God. The great majority of mankind do not comprehend anything, either that which is past or that which is to come, as it respects their relationship to God. And I say parenthetically that that's that's what we're here discussing on this podcast tonight. They do not know, neither do they understand the nature of that relationship, and consequently they know but little above the brute beast, or more than to eat, drink, and sleep. This is all man knows about God or his existence, unless it is given by the inspiration of the Almighty, So I would pause on that for a minute and say that really our connection with God and our understanding of him at a deep level has to be given by inspiration. Uh, We can read all the books and scriptures in the world, but it has to touch us through the, the power of the Holy Ghost. And the prophet Joseph continues, if a man learns nothing more than to eat drink and sleep, and does not comprehend any of the designs of God, the beast comprehends the same things. It eats, drinks, sleeps, and knows nothing more about God. Yet it knows as much as we, unless we are able to comprehend by the inspiration of Almighty God. And then the prophet Joseph poses this important question. I want to ask this congregation, every man, woman, and child, to answer the question in his own heart, what kind of a being God is? 
ask yourselves, turn your thoughts into your hearts. Think about that phrase, turn your thoughts into your hearts, because that's where we're going to find God, right? In our hearts. And say, if any of you have seen, heard, or communed with him, this is a question that may occupy your attention for a long time. I again repeat the question, what kind of a being is God? Does any man or woman know? Have any of you seen him, heard him, or communed with him? Here is the question that will, peradventure, from this time henceforth, occupy your attention. The scriptures inform us that this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. If any man does not know God and inquires what kind of a being he is, if he will search diligently his own heart, if the declaration of Jesus and the apostles be true, he will realize that he has not eternal life, for there can be eternal life on no other principle. So really, our eternal life depends on our knowing God. And I don't think it means just knowing him doctrinally, but knowing him, his personality, his character, his uniqueness. You know, it's interesting as you read that, I thought the typical Sunday school answer, scriptures, prayer, that is important because otherwise we just sleep and eat and we don't make an effort but that it goes beyond that into knowing him as part of that effort that we make the effort first but the real goal is to know him right the prophet joseph smith as he talked about god said and this is from the same speech these are incomprehensible ideas to some but they are simple it is the first principle of the gospel to know for certainty the character of God. Now, I want to pause on that thought for a second because we, we read in the Articles of Faith that the first principles and ordinances of the gospel are first faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So have we got two first principles of the gospel? It is the first principle of the gospel to know for certainty the character of God. And oh yeah, the other first principle faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to suggest to you that, that this is two different ways of stating the same principle. The first principle is to have faith in God, to have faith in his plan, to have faith in Jesus Christ, and to have faith in him, real faith. We have to know him, to know his character, and so on. So it is the first principle of the gospel to know for certainty the character of God and to know that we may converse with him as one man converses with another and that he was once a man like us. Yea, that God himself, the father of us all, dwelt on an earth the same as Jesus Christ himself did. So he went through a mortal experience as we do, do and we can converse with him just like talking to a friend. Also, the supreme manifestation of God's love is what? What's the, the scripture that's posted at every Monday night football game in the NFL? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave the only, 
his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is best and most completely understood as the supreme act of love. Also, we often hear the idea taught in the MTC and other places that obedience is the first law of heaven. And sometimes I think we, we say that with the implication that it's the most important law of heaven. And I think that misses the mark. As Jesus said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. And so what is keeping the commandments ultimately and other than an expression of love for him? If it's for some other reason, because we're afraid or because we're trying to earn something for ourselves, maybe we're missing the mark. But the idea is that keeping the commandments is an expression of love for him. You know, I was just, I was thinking about the character of God and with what we've been discussing so far, that one of his characteristics is his willingness to sacrifice for our progression. Right. He actually said, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. So what, what is it that God lives for? Well, he lives for us. And it's kind of an amazing thing to think about. Uh, but he has promised us all that he has if we will render to him all that we have. And it's like handing you a billion dollars in return for a penny. But he loves us and he wants to see us grow, progress, and achieve happiness in the way that he has. I think sometimes it can feel like we're making a sacrifice when we keep commandments. And perhaps we are in our own way. But there really aren't any commandments he gives us that aren't for our good. So it's really more of a blessing in right. the grand scheme of things. Right. And even when it doesn't feel like it, it may be that we're just kind of like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, we're looking through a glass darkly in this life. We don't fully see the whole picture. We kind of see a vague, smoky image of it. And if we could see God's purposes clearly, we would understand. God said... Well, in fact, it's the most often repeated verse in the scriptures. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I'm quoting that right now specifically for the idea that if we really want to know God, if, if that is the great desire of our hearts to, to know him and to love him better, uh, that's, that's the beginning. It is to ask and to seek, and to knock. And not only to find, but to expect that we will find. Right. Right, to believe that we will. I that, think knowing that, that will receive. his character is to sacrifice for our progression, then I think that increases our faith in his 
his desire to show up for us in the ways that we seek him and the ways that are going to be best for us. Right. It's a, it's an act of divine grace, I think, uh, for him to do that. And, you know, there may be times when he doesn't answer us as quickly or as completely as we might like, or in the way that we might like, but that's where we're really required to trust that he knows better than we do what we need. There's a verse of scripture I'd like to turn our attention to in Doctrine and Covenants section 25. And verse 11 talks about how uh, Emma Smith is called to create a selection of sacred hymns or a hymn book. And this was the first hymn book in the church. And the next verse says, For my soul delighteth in the song of the heart. Yea, the song of the righteous is a prayer unto me, and it shall be answered with a blessing upon their heads. And in fact, I'll read the next one because it's also beautiful. It says, Wherefore, lift up thy heart and rejoice. And I believe this is again referring to lifting up our hearts in song. And cleave unto the covenants which thou hast made. And in our last episode, we talked about cleaving to our covenants with our spouse. But I, I bring this up because there was a, a time when I was going through my divorce when life was pretty hard, when my thoughts were mostly negative and <clears throat> where I, I was in a lot of despair and a lot of pain. And one of the few things that got me through that was sometimes I would close the door to my study and... I would play hymns on my computer, on YouTube or, you know, any other uh, place I could find them on the internet and often would just sing along. And for whatever reason, that would give me a moment of relief from the pain and would lift my spirits just a little bit. And sometimes that really helped to get me through. I don't claim to be a professional singer. I don't know that the, that I always sang on, on key, but I know that uh, those, those hymns that I sang during that period of time were a prayer to God, and they were a pleading for his, his grace, his help, his comfort. And so I would commend that to you. I'm, I'm blessed to be married to a musician, and I often get to hear uh, beautiful violin music, both while she is teaching as well as when she occasionally uh, just play something for us. You know, Jeff, you have a beautiful singing voice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've always really loved his singing voice. It's it's fun to sit by him at church and hear him sing those hymns. And, uh, you know, as a professional violinist, when I uh, was recovering from my own divorce before we met each other, uh, long before we met each other, actually, uh, I would play my feelings on my violin sometimes. I'd pick the most emotional piece that I could think of and just play my feelings. Yeah, I think music can have that sort of transcendent quality that it can express things that that our mouth can't find the words for. And I know that that during the period of time I spoke of, I was feeling 
that sometimes and and I was trying to connect with certain ideas in those hymns and so I you know and and I appreciate Kathy's compliment but even if you don't aren't confident in your own singing voice uh, it isn't because you're putting on a wonderful concert if you have a great voice then all the better but but even if you don't um, closing your door putting on hymns and singing along can lift your spirit and help you find that connection, that love for God uh, in a way that other things don't. So I, I do suggest prayer. Or I suggest pondering the scriptures. Um, you know, I suggest meditation, but I also suggest using music, listening and sometimes actively singing will, will create a connection with God that we can't quite achieve in another way. Um, another scripture that I love, John 14, 23. I would, I would like it if you would, um, if you would think about the imagery in this. And in fact, I want to go back to verses because this touches on the theme that we've been talking about in this podcast. John 14, 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved by my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So it's a promise that as we do our best to keep his commandments and do so as an expression of love for him, he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And Judas asks the question, this is not Judas Iscariot, Lord, how is it thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Because it, I think the understanding of these people is that he would come in clouds and glory and all that, which, which he will someday. But in this context that he's making this promise, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Our abode meaning our home. So, we can make our homes, our hearts, sacred space to receive Jesus Christ and God the Father as we love them. And so I would just like you to keep that, that metaphor in your heart as you ponder this and think about uh, what you might do to create love and connection for God. Building a personalized relationship with God, especially when we're in our lowest, darkest, most frustrating times can be profoundly elevating. When we're feeling betrayed, rejected, or lonely, God is always there for us to talk to. He is our one constant in a world full of change and challenge. For singles out there, they are particularly reliant on him 
when we were mid-singles, we were particularly reliant on God, especially whenever we felt that we fall, fell short of our enormous responsibilities or when we were feeling alone in an overwhelming situation. God wants to hear from us, especially when we may not feel like talking to him. Yeah, Kathy, your words remind me of the second verse of one of my favorite hymns, Abide With Me. And that verse ends, change and decay in all around I see, O thou who changest not, abide with me. And of course, we read a scripture a minute ago about God and Jesus Christ coming and making their abode with us. And of course, that song is a prayer for them to do that. Uh, but you're right. He is the one constant even in our darkest, lowest, most frustrating times when we feel like we're seeing change and decay. Like some of us, many listening to this recording and us, we have felt change and decay in our families and our marriages in the past. And what was the one constant? Well, God was always there. That's right. And you know, as I think of it, probably a lot of our listeners are Christians and may have photos up in their homes of God or their or what they uh, believe in artwork to for God or even our Savior Jesus Christ to to look like and that in that way we are placing him in our homes symbolically but isn't it such a cool idea that they can live with us more concretely as we get to know them, as we converse with them, if we have, as we develop a personal relationship with them, as, and as we understand, uh, as we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, to know the character of God. Yeah, very, very uh, profound idea. And I think those, those are uh, pieces of artwork that we, many of us display in our homes are really meant to focus our minds on those ideas and in a way symbolically invite our Father in heaven and Jesus Christ to come and make their abode with us. Right. And, you know, maybe you can think about that when you look up at those pictures in your home, whether they're pictures of the temple, which is his house, or pictures of Jesus Christ coming in clouds of glory or whatever. Um, I think uh, that can, can help to focus the mind on the pure love of Christ that, that we partake of. Right. Thank you so much for listening to our ideas on how to cultivate love for our God. And remember, any time is the right time for more love in your life. Thank you so much for listening to Love in Later Years, and we'll catch you next time.